Vultures are the best of friends. Travel borderlands and back again. Our love is true. You're a friend and a comadre. And if you threw up a changa, invited all of your homies, you would see the case of beer would be for me. And the card attached would say, gracias for being my gente. It's the Pocha Podcast, all that you've been waiting for. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And this is episode 16, the Sweet 16 episode. Yes, we're assimilated, so we get a quince and, and a Sweet 16. <laughs> right? Ah. Wait, did you have, you didn't have the quince, we've established that. Did you have a Sweet 16? No. Me either. <laughs> So happy Sweet 16 to you. You too. This is the Bocha Podcast at the intersection of Assimilation and Brown and Proud. And we are so happy to be with you one more time. We are in July of what year again? 2030. Remind me. Yes. 2030, 973, 11, Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. We're still in COVID and actually, uh, our, or I should say, our COVID pandemic era. And while the rest of the Southwest is en fuego, New Mexico is the, I mean, we are spiking a bit, but it's not like Arizona. It's not like California. Mm-hmm. It's not like Texas. We're kind mm-hmm. of the oasis in the middle telling all of the states around us to stay the fuck away. I feel like I'm getting dumber as this thing goes on. I used to be really interested in the statistics and the numbers and the percentages and what is the, you know, based on how many tests, what's the percentage of positives and all. Now I just look at the colors. Are we red yet? No. Okay. (laughs) Remember when under President uh, George Bush, not his pop, um, we had the levels of like security we were at like oh, yeah. level orange or whatever yeah that's where we're at now we're we're back mm-hmm. using those color codes but for a completely different reason mm, and you're right legit like we joke about it because that's our coping mechanism like for the hundred millionth time yes um but the reality is is this shit's serious right like i don't go yeah. out without a mask and the circle keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yep. That's the thing that I've noticed this week in particular. Now it's not just people that I'm on calls with that live in other places or, you know, we all had our eye on um, Navajo Nation and, and folks living um, in northern parts of New Mexico that are on Indian land. That's where the heavy numbers were. But now it's like Walmart shut down because there were a bunch of folks sick and my cousin had some people working in their backyard that tested positive so their whole family had to go get tested and the circle is definitely getting closer some friends of ours that we know have tested positive now so it's it's you know the six degrees of separation is now we're at four i think we're at four degrees i I agree so shit's real El Paso is, they are really spiking. I was having a conversation with family today and I don't, it used to be there was Providence and there was one other hospital. Now there's, you know, whatever, six or 10, somewhere in between. And they were saying that they, um, as of at least today, which is on a Sunday, they only had 34 ICU beds left in the city. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's getting pretty serious. So all of this to say, folks, if you're going to go out, wear a damn mask. Don't. Yeah, wear a mask. It's not political. It's science. 
And if you think science is political, then just don't leave your house ever again. <laughs> For anything. <laughs> <laughs> ever. <laughs> that Yeah, it's scary. Be safe. Be safe. What you just can do is just listen to all 16 episodes plus bonus content in your home and be happy. That's You can binge listen, listen. to Bocha Podcast. Yes. Exactly. And do it on 0.5 speed because that's really fun. <laughs> Ew. I told you we have a we had a new listener that messaged me and said, oh, my gosh, I love this episode. But you girls are really talking really fast. And she had we're the first podcast she ever listened to. We popped her podcast cherry, which is amazing. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Um, but I was like, um, does it say 1.5 or 2 on the bottom of your screen? Because that might mean you did it on fast forward. She's like, oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> I had it on fast forward. <laughs> Mad props to, <laughs> to that listener who was really, really wired and listening to us quickly. I'm right? glad you slowed us down a bit. But <laughs> so, Charlene, what, uh, what's on our agenda tonight? What are we talking about? <gasps> yes, it is hot as hell for real like we were melty hot no we have been over 105 for several days now in cruces super duper hot it was like supposed to be 107 today i don't know if it actually got there but it was just nasty hot so it's national ice cream month which we need in our lives to cool us down so we'll be talking about um not just ice cream month but you know, the paletas and the paleteros. Uh, We're also going to be talking about something that just recently happened, um, the Goya boycott. People are boycotting Goya. And the bigger bigger conversation around just calling people out for things that you don't agree with Mm -hmm. or uh, some missteps they might have had either recently or in their past. We're going to talk about that. Uh, And then for the guy de nuevo, we both were really excited to watch uh, Mucho Mucho Amor, the documentary about Walter Mercado. Um, and that brought up a lot of stuff. We previously talked about him when he passed and just the influence that he had in our home, in our youth. But uh, there was a lot to it, a lot more to it. So we're going to get into a little bit more about what the documentary sort of uh, showed us. Right on. So let's get right in because it's hot. And when I was doing some research on... I know. Research on paletas? No, but seriously, yeah, you have to <laughs> How many taste how many do you have to taste to do research? <laughs> well, I thought about going to get a paleta to go along with the drink that I'm having um this evening. And there's a, a we have talked before about La Michoacana here in Las Cruces and there are Michoacanas in other areas and actually the city of Michu- La Michoacan in Mexico is known for making paletas that are like crema and a whole bunch of different fruits and um, aguacate, tamarindo, all sorts of flavors, right? So there's this new bougier paleta place that um, our executive producer was so kindly doing some research on and she's telling me what they have. And I, I was like, <gasps> we might need to go and do a, you know, just a taste test between La Michoacana and this new, it's called a paleta bar. Is it the bar. paleta bar? Mm-hmm. <gasps> I almost went there today and uh, ha- people didn't want to go in my house. What is that what? even about? <sighs> I know. Give a friend a call. We'll go with you. 100%. 100%. I wanted to go really bad. So the paletero, like... 
And I, I was thinking about where in the house do I have any bells, which apparently Aww. I don't have bells. But the like ring, ring, that's how you oh, yeah. know the paleteros hanging out and going up, up your block to see if you want anything. Mm-hmm. So and not, yeah, not the truck, the little cart, the little ring, ring, where it's on the little handlebar for sure. Truck two, truck two in, in you know, because it covers faster, faster areas or areas faster. I'm, I promise I'm here today. Um, but, <laughs> but the iconic paletero is walk in with that box, ring in the bell, bringing us happiness and goodness. And it's always a señor. Like, mm-hmm. it's not some 20-year-old dude with a boombox. It's a señor. As of late in Cruces, well, I shouldn't say as of late, but last year, this time last year in Cruces, there were several paleteros. Uh, Cruces used to have a movie outside, out in the park. And they mm. put up a big screen. Right, right. And people around the city would go and set up, you know, chairs and let their kids room around. And they had younger paleteros. Mm. And I was really, really like, that's the hustle. That's the hustle. Mm-hmm. Because that, that is not easy. I was reading an article in no. the Los Angeles Times where they were featuring this gentleman who was, what did I say, 63? Uh, I'm asking the executive producer because I was reading it to her. And um and he covers seven miles in seven hours with his Oh my cart. gosh. And he's and he's like on it. He knows things like what time construction workers get off, what time schools typically let out, what apartment building buildings to go to. And he does this to support his family in Mexico. Hmm. And he knows all of the paletas, like the ice cream bars, the you know, the ones with the gumballs, which we've talked about a little bit before. Those are the favorites. Mm. So, yes. And when you said you wanted to talk about National Ice Cream Month and the Paleteros, there's been a, and there always is, it feels like every summer there is a rash of robberies against Paleteros. Um, recently in Austin, which makes me just super angry and sick. There was a senor who was like almost 70 years old, who was a paletero. His name was Adeladio. And he was um, beat up, shot. I don't remember. It was, uh, he died though. He died, which is absolutely horrendous. Like, I don't understand how, like, obviously they have cash on them. It's not like they're walking around with, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe the young paleteros have the square on their phone. I don't know. But usually it's a cash-only thing. The kids run up with whatever change you have in your purse. The kids run up with the dollar bills and whatnot. And so you know they have cash on them. And after a whole day of doing your seven-mile loop, you know, you might have a few hundred bucks on you, depending on how many kids were out, how hot it was or whatever. So, um Oh, it just makes me insane to think that these these people are working so hard. Like you said, this is the real hustle. It's hot as hell. They're out there walking their ass off. Truth. Um, dealing with all kinds of slobbery, snot-nosed children coming up, screaming for ice cream. And to, to meet your end that way just feels, ugh, it's horrible. That's a horrible, horrible way to go. There were a bunch of GoFundMes and different um, things that I saw for this poor senor, but it just, it breaks my heart. It kills me that this is what, you know, the world has come to. And the reality is that um, some of these paleteros 
this this happens more often, but some of these paleteros might not be documented, so they're hesitant to call for help. Exactly. You know, the only help that they can really call for might be their own gente on the corner, or whatever. I did see, and I I'm not encouraging this at all, but I did see happen to see a video on Instagram of there was this gentleman, a paletero in, in Los Angeles. No, I'm sorry, he was an elotero in Los Angeles. And um, someone was trying to steal the elote from him, and they threw the elote at him, and they punched the the elotero, the the vendor. And um, man, several people came to his aid, and they they gave a beatdown. Again, not recommending that this is the kind of reaction you sh- you should have, but you know the reality is that it happens more often than we we think. And these are these are people that are on the hustle, trying to to get it done, and trying to bring us happiness and goodness in our life. Because who doesn't want the paleta that's got the little bubble gum on it or the Neapolitan or one of them snow cones that's got the, the nutty buddies or whatever they're called with the nuts on the end. Yes. Yes, I said nuts on the end. Wow. Those are <laughs> delicious. They have the nice little chocolate stopper at the bottom so your ice cream doesn't leak out. Exactly. Well, I can't eat them because they've got the chocolate, but, you know, they bring happiness to my kids. Delicious. And then there's there's... For National uh, Ice Cream Month, there's like, there's Sundays, you know, you've got your bananas, scoops of ice cream, top it off with some things. It looks pretty. It's, it's you know, and then there's La Michoacana that has <gasps> the tacos, like the ice cream tacos. That's like the- a taco shell with ice cream in it and goodness. And it's. I don't want to say it's not beautiful. It's a beautiful it's a work of art, but it's not like three scoops perfectly topped with cherries. It's like goodness wrapped together in this waffle taco that's just so amazing. The My favorite thing, ice cream flavor that they have at La Michoacana here in Cruces, uh, they have a gancito flavor. Oh, <laughs> gancitos. It's a... Uh, I just love gancitos, but I a lot of people put them in the freezer to eat them, and that's not my favorite thing. I, I think it makes the chocolate weird. Wait, so but if you make it into an ice cream, así sirve, like that's better. So for those who might not be aware of what gancitos are, because yes, UK, we see you that you've been downloading some podcasts. Thank you. Oh, hello, UK. So it's like uh, it's like the Mexican Little Debbie. They have a uh, little cake filled with jelly and cream inside of chocolate with chocolate sprinkles on the top. And there's two little bars inside of this orange wrapper and it's delicious. It, put, it makes little Debbie cry. Essentially. It does. It does. Little Debbie goes and hides under a table when gancitos come out. One of my best friends, she's in the Navy. That's her favorite thing is gancitos mm. in the freezer. And... Yeah. See, I'm not a freezer gancito eater, <laughs> but you know, whenever she's around, it's like, okay, do, do we remember to get the, the gancitos? This past time, I didn't get her gancitos, but um, I know I'm a horrible friend. But that when she comes here, it's like one of my thoughts is like, oh, don't forget the gancitos. Well, now you need to take her for gancito ice cream because it's another level. Done. Done. Mm-hmm. Done. So have you seen any of those? No, I shouldn't say that. You have seen some of them bougie ice creams though, right? Like, it's called Helado Net- La Neta. Mm-hmm. And they come in bougie ice cream flavor. I should say, I mean, 
they're they're bougie because yes, there are paletas that are crema and like aguacate or fresas or other types of fruit. Um, but they're bougie. They come in little pints. They're packaged all pretty. And I'm not. This isn't like me. Like bad mouthing them or anything. I've had them. I've tried the fresa one. I tried the aguacate and lime one. Um, it was pretty good, actually. I haven't tried all of them because I haven't seen all the flavors. It's but... delicious. And it, it cracks me up, the name, La Neta, because Neta, like, slang for truth. So they're like, this is mm-hmm. the real deal. This is the shit right here. And they do. They have uh, the aguacate limon. They have chocolate con canela. The... I haven't tried it. That one sounds delicious. Crema con coco. Fresas con crema. Uh, they have horchata. I just got the Mexican vanilla. It was Ooh. delicious. I've only tried that one and the aguacate. The aguacate is good. Like, good. I liked it as well. It wasn't like overly aguacate. It was in there. It was the savor of avocado mm-hmm. and lime. But the creaminess, oh, so creamy and delicious. It was good. I loved it. So it seems bougier to me. Maybe it's not bougie, but... It's definitely not the the typical, you know, Michoacan um, ice cream paleta that's that they have in the freezer. It's I think maybe the audience is supposed to be different. They're not just I, catering to a Latinx audience. They're probably trying to cater outside of to get them to taste the flavor of Mexico. Right, and I do. I have mad love that this is like. This is a little familia who started this business. And you're right. I think the branding is genius because they're not just catering to us. <laughs> they're catering to affluent Latinxes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you categorize yourself that way. I shouldn't speak for you. <laughs> but I know where you work. So, <laughs> Well, my partner was the one who found them in the freezer section. And she bought two and she brought them home because very sweet and kind and she was like you you this is probably something you would have picked up so that was super sweet of her to bring them and i was like a kid i felt like a kid at christmas like ooh, something new and i gotta unwrap it and then i gotta eat it and i i didn't share it with any of the kids this was just this was just for me it was just national ice cream month in my mouth because it was really good well, you all are the ones who got me to try it. And I was like, what? Where does one find such a thing? And then I proceeded to purchase deliciousness. The next one I want to try is the um, chocolate con canela because I know you can't have the chocolate, so I'll just let you know if it's delicious. Just record yourself eating it and telling me how good it is, and that's good. That's good. Okay. I like it. So um, some of the words that I grew up with um, – there's the paleta, right? Mm-hmm. Paleta helado. Mm-hmm. Nieve. Is that something mm-hmm. that you had? Okay. Yep, nieve. And for then, sure. Uh, there's, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say the paleta was like the popsicle, whatever. Fruit, the ones with fruit or the ones with fruta y crema or, you know, whatever. But then the nieve was like real deal ice cream that you would scoop out of the little carton. And my grandma... Every 4th of July would make us, we'd go in her backyard and do fireworks and she would make us um, little ice cream floats with cherry vanilla ice cream and 7-Up. <laughs> Delish. It sounds like the weirdest combination. Sometimes if she was 
also feeling nice, she would get chocolate ice cream and yerba buena and make a milkshake. So it was like chocolate mint. Delish. Wow. Look who was spoiled. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. By my grandma. Are you kidding me? So spoiled. My mom, on the other hand, no. <laughs> and even though this is National Ice Cream Month, we can't forget the raspadas, even though they're not mm. technically ice cream. Tell me how you feel about raspas for real. Okay, so I I actually prefer raspas in comparison to ice cream. Ice mm. cream leaves me very, very thirsty. Like I eat the ice wow. cream and then I'm like, okay, now I need a gallon of water to go down with that. And really? The raspas, I you know, after, after school, um, growing up in El Paso, 99% of our year was incredibly hot. And they would have the snow cone individual, kind of like the paletero. There was a snow, a person who sold snow cones after school. So we would get out of Crockett High, or Crockett Elementary, like all screaming and excited. And for a quarter, you can get raspado. And um, it's a feeling for me of growing up and my youth and freaking blue lips and tongue mm-hmm. and, you know, going home and, you know, your parents did you buy a snow cone? No. And you know you damn did because you've got it written all over your face. I don't know. that To me, it's just, just so very my youth. I'm a very bougie raspa eater. Like, I don't like the one. Did you ever have that weird toy that was like a Snoopy and you could crush your own ice? And it basically just came out like giant chunks that were smaller than the chunks that went in the first time <laughs> no but i remember that <laughs> yeah i don't like them when they're like that where you're eating it you're like, ow, ow, ow. like i want the straight up shaved super soft snow-like quality ice my favorite uh two things that are and this is how bougie i am about the snow cone one is a place called casey's new orleans snowballs in austin they have amazing flavors like Boston cream pie that have straight no. up sweetened condensed milk on the raspa. Oh, yeah. It's oh, delicious. My gatos. So good. That sounds really good. So, yeah, it's that with uh, Hershey's chocolate syrup and I don't know what else, but it is heavenly. Heavenly. So good. Um, and the other is when I went to... Um, Hawaii, I had to get a Hawaiian shaved ice and they put like a sweet red bean on the bottom of the cone. Freaking delicious also, but very finely shaved ice. See, this is like me being so bougie about a fucking raspa. I know. I know. You're giving me the look like, princessa. wow, could you be more princessa right now? <laughs> could you? I could. I probably could. <laughs> the, but does this one have there. the red bean at the bottom, sir? <laughs> is this... Real Hawaiian shaved ice, did it or did you get it out of a Snoopy? Because <laughs> if it came out of the Snoopy, well, I don't want get it. Snoopy. <laughs> Ew. Well, we hope that you celebrate National Ice Cream Month with a treat that makes you smile, and hopefully, it, it brings you back to your childhood of how excited you were when your mom pulled out, or your parent, or your guardian, or what have you, pulled out from the freezer. They're Neapolitan because that's what we had in our house. And they didn't do one scoop of each at a time. They kind of went across all three, <laughs> which made your Even OCD. Even though you only wanted one. You mm-hmm. made your OCD go crazy. 
And support your paleteros. If you can go out and, and hit them up, take your mask, take your kids with their masks, uh, or just send one person out and grab, grab you some paletas. And if you see a paletero getting harassed or beat up, I will condone violence in that case. And the UK, do you have an equivalent? I want to know. I'm super curious. Oh, that's true. I know you're, you're an ice cream man. So let us know. I want a selfie of that. Mm-hmm. I think we said this before. There used to be an ice cream truck that drove around that played like the ice cream truck version of the Lombada, which I always found very inappropriate. <laughs> like, what's he doing in there? Mm, maybe we shouldn't go to that one, kids. Yeah, but the Lombada dance, let's face it, that is nothing in comparison to what's going on nowadays. So whatever. True story. Just True saying. True story. Just saying. Now that we've got, who was it, 50 Cent who was doing the whistle the whistle song? Mm-hmm. Dirty. Very dirty. You know what else is dirty? Tell me. <laughs> Politics can be dirty. I was going to say your mind. I'm glad I did <laughs> Uh Both. My mind and politics, but in different, mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. And in politics, when politics gets dirty, people, they, they make decisions with their money. Oh, yeah. And that's happened with Goya. Mm, tell us about that cat for those of you who have not heard the scandalo that is surrounding Scandal. Goya. Escandaloso. So the CEO of Goya, who happens to be the grandson of the uh, the original Goya entrepreneur, he went to visit the president and he praised President Trump. Now, if you like President Trump, now's the time you could turn it down or get another podcast, but. The reality is <laughs> if that... you are a Trump supporter and you haven't found a new podcast yet, <laughs> maybe this is your first episode. You're going to be disappointed. You might want to leave now. <laughs> Just going to say. <laughs> Put that out there. Mm-hmm. This is your official warning. But yes. he praised Trump. And here's the thing. It's like there are some people who can like him. Great. Fine. Whatever. That's your deal. Sure. Maybe you should get your head checked. But when you're... <laughs> in the Latinx community and you praise this administration and the president. And by praise, I mean, he said, we're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like president Trump, who is a builder. And that's what my grandfather did. He came to this country to build, to grow, to prosper. He came from, he came from Spain, FYI. I was going to say, Mm -hmm. but the mad smack that this administration has talked about, talked down to, done to the Latinx community, I don't think gets any praise. It, it Building a wall does not constitute a building in the sense of community and improvement and making life better for Latinx people. You're building a wall and literally calling our people rapists and thieves. No. Right. But you know what? Maybe the Spaniards, I mean, they were kind of rapists and thieves. Maybe that's why they like feel a kinship. <laughs> right? Maybe that's maybe that's what he was maybe that's what he was thinking in his head when he was giving him all of this like just lauding him with praise. But, you know, when you say shit like that out in public, people are going to notice, they're going to pay attention, and they're going to call you out. Especially when Goya is marketed to and for Latinx people. They have their sazon and adobo. And this is for Latinx cooking. This is Puerto Ricano cooking. This is, I had no idea they were from Spain. I was kind of shocked to see that. I definitely thought they were like 
Puerto Rican, but. Well, he moved from Spain to Puerto Rico and, you know, there be- thus begins the, the, the trek of the Goya product. But, okay, so first and foremost, <clears throat> I know you wanted to talk about calling out, but before we get to the calling out, do you use Goya products? I do. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, fair. We're boycotting. I'm boycotting too, but we don't use any Goya products. I would buy like the their brand of um, black beans. I used to like, and then there was I do like the sazon that they had. I've used the adobo. I won't say it's like a staple in my house, but um, not a lot. But I have used it and. And I would buy it like to put in beans or whatever. So, so I can, my boycott is going to be kind of meaningless to them because I don't purchase their products anyway. When I purchase Latinx products, I go for other brand names just because of habit. My my parents that's not what they purchased, except mm-hmm. that. So my my boycott is going to be this. I'm going to encourage my mom. She likes to get the Goya coconut water. I'm going to encourage her to get. Oh, brand. that's another one. Yep, the coconut water. So that's that's my addition to the boycott is trying to move my Hello, mom dog. away from. And Tell your mom to switch to the Vita Coco. I like the Vita Coco. Vita Coco. Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. That's that's where I'm going to participate in the boycott there you with. Go. But calling out Charlene, what what yes. does that mean to you? Like what it, what do you mean when you say that? So we, you know, I've heard uh, and said there's a difference between calling out and calling in. When you're calling in, you are attempting to have a true discussion with a person about an issue that you are disagreeing on um, with openness and not just the intention to change someone's mind, but to gain a perspective and hopefully share your own. When you're calling out, though, there's, um, you know, like there's a social media call out where you're, Putting it out there, like, if you are, let's say, a Trump supporter, F you, you're a racist, you're a this, you're a that. Like, you just put it all out there. You throw it out. Um, Typically, you don't want to read the comments after someone says something like that because people get terrible and awful. Uh, Or there's a public call out like this for Goya. Someone takes a public forum and says, boycott these people because they are hurting um, something that's important to me, people that are important to me. And I think we've started to see that, well, it's been happening, but during quarantine, I feel like it's happening a lot. There are people getting called out for being racist. There are people getting called out for, um, saying they're not racist, but their actual practices don't reflect that behavior. So, you know, just putting something on social with a cute little picture and graphic doesn't mean that you are truly being anti-racist or, um, I don't know. I feel like I had some other good examples that are escaping me at the moment. Oh, the one that I just thought of was around Hamilton. So Hamilton just came out on Disney plus, right? You can watch Hamilton now, um, came out like 4th of July weekend or whatever. I still haven't watched it, but I'm going to, I know, I know. But there's a whole call out. Well, there's an escándalo surrounding Lin-Manuel Miranda. And people are, there was actually a a play written called The Haunting of Lin-Manuel Miranda. And it's actually uh, in the theme of the ghosts of Christmas past type of um, thing. And they're coming to Lin-Manuel and talking to him about basically, why did you romanticize this period? And why are you not talking about how these people's 
relationships to slavery are wrong. You're not talking about how they owned slaves. You're not talking about how they were perpetuating slavery. Um, and he and they're saying like his go to is saying that he based it on this book. And that's why he didn't incorporate any of that, because he was trying to stay true to this text. They're like, that's bullshit. You have to bring this true lens to it. So the call out is complicated is what the Goya thing made me think of, think about. True. I don't necessarily okay. feel like the Goya call out is complicated. I feel like if you don't like someone's politics, don't spend your money there. Um, like Chick-fil-A. We don't like their politics. I really like their chicken, but it's hard uh, to spend money there. I mean, it is complicated in that, yes, if you boycott Goya, how, thought process here, how much does that actually impact the president versus the people who work for him or work for the company who are probably Latinx people who are doing the canning, the people who pick like all the way down the line from the, the people who have the crops to the people who are harvesting all, you know, all of that. So yes, when you boycott Goya, you're also hurting another population, mm-hmm. which I totally get. It's, it's like you said, it's complex. There's layers to this. Mm-hmm. But you also do need to send a message ultimately because chances are, you know, the reason that he is agreeing and an appreciate deep hella bro love appreciation of Trump is he's not paying his all of his employees well, right? Like he's benefiting off of this capitalism, which puts people in a certain place at the bottom. And usually those people are BIPOC people. Yeah, he's benefiting from these tax breaks and from that very uh, feed, continue to feed the rich mentality that Trump is pushing, for sure. And you're right. And his workers, I'd be very interested to see what that looks like, because probably not, um, you know, he's not running. They probably don't have like a juice bar uh, in the factory, I'm guessing. Right. Or, you know, (laughs) but so, so yes, it's, it's complex. You have to see the, the the longer or the broader view of it, who's getting hurt, who's not getting hurt. But ultimately, mm-hmm. where you're putting your money says a lot. You know, so if he's seeing this whole backlash, maybe that's the impetus for him having conversations, for changing his mind, doing that culture shift, right? But he totally came out and said, like, yep, I meant it. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking that back. You don't like it? Bye pretty much what he said it might take a while how long did we stay away right. from buying uvas True. like if you, if you remember that one when we were kids mm-hmm. i'm knee high to a tadpole but wow. there was a whole like don't buy grapes because mm-hmm. the, the united farm workers were saying that we really need to put our foot down on this and treat the people mm-hmm. who are are harvesting our fruits and vegetables better mm-hmm. and that took a while i don't i don't remember it being an overnight thing and I remember for all the all the things that my father may have said in the house and he was the ultimate decider he did not buy grapes mm-hmm. well I remember even being of age to to start shopping on my own and being being like wait do we buy grapes now like are, are we do are we doing that I don't know I'm not sure I don't know so it takes that a was while. a big one it can take a while for that kind of shift to happen 
And so mm-hmm. if he if he's standing staunch now, that's great. This this could last a while, bro. We're already spreading recipes amongst each other on how to replace your product. Oh, instantly. Already- instantly. People had the homemade sazon. People had mm-hmm. other brands that they've been mm-hmm. using instead of Goya for whatever reason because they tasted more authentic to them or that's just what they grew up with or their new products that have come out that are better. So, yeah, there's the options are endless. So, yeah, you can, you're replaceable. You are replaceable. You're on notice. You're replaceable. You can go back to Spain mm. as far as we're <laughs> concerned. <laughs> Do not stop in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a trip. What other, um, what call-outs? Well, and then there are call-outs that are, uh, you know, like look at, say, these giant sex scandals or um, harassment scandals. Look at Bill Cosby. Look at Epstein. Look at, um, they were whoever this, who was the dude who was like the trainer for the gymnast? Oh, the doctor. All the girls. He was a doctor the doctor. The, the gymnast. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are call-outs that came about with the Me Too movement was essentially a call-out, right? A name drop for really shitty behavior that women had just been putting up with because they were in a position of lower power or uh, to not be believed. So there are those call-outs, too, where you're looking at a person's moral character, not just your politics, but they've actually committed crimes and are still being upheld in a patriarchy or because they're affluent or whatever. And sometimes those don't go down the ways that feel just for people. When you said Cosby, referring to Bill Cosby and what he was convicted for doing, which is horrendous. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I also have to put in there Michael Jackson and what he was accused of. Mm, thank you. Mm-hmm. And even though he has passed away, it doesn't take away from what his survivors have said, mm-hmm. have lived through. And, you know, I'll be upfront. I believe survivors. Mm-hmm. He did all of these great things for music. But at the end of the day, this is also what he did to several human beings. I'm not saying that Epstein had this prolific impact or, I mean, Cosby kind of did in that there was a black family Mm -hmm. that was on television. Mm -hmm. But that justice balance, when you're holding that, when you're holding that scale. Yeah. That's, that's the call out that needs to happen. Well, look at R. Kelly, the same thing. More recently, there was a documentary, which I can't bring myself to watch, to be honest, but the same thing, that call out. And how important is it to you to believe survivors and not purchase the music and not put him up on that pedestal, not give him new contracts and new gigs because of his moral character and how he treats other humans that he sees as inferior to him because they happen to be female or young or whatever. Um, And how long we've let this go on in an industry like film and music it's horrendous it's horrendous and I don't, I don't know about you but and maybe I've mentioned this before on other episodes or on a previous episode but I have had to have my own s- sit down and talk about the way that I yes I have a dirty mind but how many times have my jokes impacted someone in a way that whether or not it was intended they walked away with something that that mm. I, can, I can't repair I can't 
you know, so I've had to have those inner conversations as well. Um, so the calling out and the naming and calling in mm-hmm. are important. They're important for us to, to, to start changing and start um, realizing where we need to go on these things that definitely need to have a shift. So one of my most, and it's not a verbatim quote, but one of the quotes that I try to live by is Audre Lorde's, the master's tools will not, will not bring down the master's house. And so I think like calling in, naming, and calling out are not tools that the master ever had, but those are tools that can change our society. Mm-hmm. And those are important things for us to move forward, forward with and just be cognizant of our own behavior. Don't lapse. Be aware. Know that your words make a difference. Because even if one day you're praising someone because they are amazing people, if later you t- it turns out they're, they're assholes in the sheets or whatever, you just got to be responsible for what you said anyway. Period. Yeah, that's where we're at. The call out. And, and I think it's critical for our own mental well-being and health to determine for ourselves when it's worth the call out. When is it worth, like, is it something that could be okay for you and your family to boycott a particular company? Is that some, is spending your money somewhere else that might be a little less convenient to prove a point and to join a larger movement? Does that work for you? Can you stand in that and feel good about it? Um, do you want to start a trash fire on Facebook with people who you don't even know? Is that worth your mental energy? Is that going to change anything in the scope of the conversation? Or is it just going to make you insane? Um, I think right now is a, is a critical time where we have to consider our own power and our own well-being and really choose wisely where we step in um, and where it make, truly makes a difference. And I think there's something to be said for those of us who can afford to avoid Goya, go with another brand or make our own or do whatever the workaround might be. And then what it means for a family who's like, I literally have this much of a budget and Goya put us through with their cans of beans or whatever it is. And we are opting within our budget. And even if this means we miss out on Gansitos or National Ice Cream Month to choose another brand or to go Mm -hmm. a different route. And even though that's not something that any executive might ever see on the Mm -hmm. day-to-day the very act of it within your own self when you wake up in the morning and look at yourself in the mirror says a lot and i i think that's so true particularly in new mexico where we have a lot of rural communities who say for example they don't necessarily want to shop at walmart but they might not have another option because of the way that we have set up that economy. That's the only option within 80 miles. So unless you want to drive to the quote unquote big city and make a whole day of it, you're going to run into Walmart 
and buy what you can there and buy and like you said if you have ebt there are certain brands that you can purchase or not if you have particular um restrictions for diet and there are only certain brands that are available for you whatever it is people have to do what they have to do um and within their own conscience right with their own ability and with their own conscience for sure it's it's complicated it is and I'm, I'm really glad that people stepped up heard that and the immediate action was no we can't give our money to to people who will praise and put on a pedestal someone mm-hmm. who makes sure that we are the target of someone who drives freaking eight plus hours to go to El Paso Walmart and shoot our hand. Thank you. So thank you. No, Goya, you don't get our money anymore. No. Make a change, make a change. And then we'll go back or make a change. And my mom will go back to your coconut juice, but no, not anymore. No, we, you're, you're right. I am a person who has that option and can do, um, and can do different and will do different. And on the borderline, I think that message of that brand is loud and clear. Because mm-hmm. when you when you say that to that president who basically put a target on our backs, no, we don't need you. You can no. take your brand elsewhere. Let's see how many, you know, people on the upper west side of Manhattan living in posh places that are white. We're going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know it's his company and he can run it how he chooses and he can think and believe and do whatever he chooses but just like he has that freedom we have that freedom and and it only works if we all do it truth 100 percent. so let's bring it on from one puerto ricano or well he wasn't puerto ricano but from one place or groundbreaking idea that came from puerto rico to a whole different one Walter Mercado. Now, he did pass away last year in November, or I should say, he did pass away in November 2019. And we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about him and his impact. Mm-hmm. But in Arquea de Nuevo, looking at all things pop culture and art, music, and of course, things you should be watching on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's a documentary that really opened my eyes. Um. What did you feel about it? I was so excited to see that he even, that someone thought it important enough to make this about him and about his life. I was, uh, it it was so sentimental for me to Mm -hmm. even just see him back on TV. Yes. Oh, it just made me feel like I'm in my grandma's living room being shushed so that we could hear our signs come up. And um, and it was really funny to be sitting in, in my own living room with my husband, who is white, and, uh, and my stepson. And they're like, who in the hell is that? Is that a man? Is that a woman? What is that? <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, and to explain that impact and to talk about what, and who he was in my own life, um, and to see their perspective too, it, was, I, it just brought me so much joy to to see it. What it, what were your thoughts? So, 
it was great to see Walter on TV again. It really, really was. And um, so (laughs) I watched it the night, the night before we were doing this taping. And that night I dreamt of my grandmother, which very, very rarely happens. Very. I've only dreamt of her twice. And Walter was something that was kind of a staple in her house. Like she listened to him. She got some of the magazines that had him on there, had his, um, had his, uh, uh, astrological like projections. So I don't know if there's, if that's correlation or what, but I watched the, the documentary. My grandmother was in my dream. I think, I think it's related, you know, make your own decision. Um, Love it. it was really great to, to see that. And I was in tears and mm. a couple, a couple things stood out to me about it. Um, one was there was a, a saying kind of close to the end and the documentary is called, um, um, con mucho, mucho amor, or just, it, is it just mucho, mucho, mucho amor, amor? I think. Mm-hmm. And it's on Netflix now. So if you've got the next fleeks, if you need to borrow someone's to log in, you should definitely check it out. It's an hour and change of your time, but it'll bring back some memories for you and give you an insight into his life, um, into just his personal side and how he's so mm. very authentic as the persona that he was in total regalia, as well as just in his bedroom getting ready for the day. One of the the things he said that I really absolutely loved, talking about himself and speaking in the third person, he said, (laughs) he used to be a star, now he's a constellation. Right? And I loved that. Like, I was like, in tears. They were asking him about his, his manner of dress and his manner of being, and he just said, I mean, basically, like, I owe it to this life to, we, we have to always be radiant. Like, we owe that to this life to always be uh, that best self, you know, put, and for him, that was sequins and capes and makeup and all the things. Someone also (laughs) described his hair as the best combination of 70s man hair and good grandma hair. Yes. That is so, so true. true. <laughs> there's, this, there's this photo. It's my, my absolute favorite photo of my grandmother. And it was right after she had gotten her um, her citizenship, her U.S. citizenship. And she had like the, the bouffant, like Walter Mercado hairdo. It was mm-hmm. just, it is, it is. It's like grandma haircut number five. Thank you. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, I mean, he could have been on the Golden Girls. Like he could have been. The other addition to that, the Golden Girls. Um, okay, this is when <laughs> um, our executive producer did say he could have been the fifth Golden Girl. That's oh, exactly see? what she said yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. It's true. I'm also incredibly surprised at how he's become like uh, millennial meme madness. That's yes. a thing for them now is to, to get Walter in memes. I love it. He's I love just, it. He's never dying. He's never, and he knew it. He knew it, which is just such a beautiful, it's so beautiful to me that he was unapologetically androgynous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they and they asked him, everyone asked him. Cristina asked him, everybody asked him. He was like, this is me. This is me. 
I don't need a partner. I don't need to have sex. I don't need, I have sex with the world. I have sex with nature. And it was just him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful is the best, one of the best ways to describe it. Absolutely. This is a must see documentary. If you thought you knew about Walter, this is, this is something that gives you a definite insight. Um, and just not just not just into you know they do go into his background how you know his raising how he got his start his theatrical um but -hmm. it also gives you an insight into the business aspect of it Mm. and how he was deceived deceived by a gentleman to who like just totally hoodwinked him into selling off his name his his name right his his likeness that the grandma haircut number five yes and it, it it really makes you think like would this have happened to someone who was not latinx someone who had a better grasp of the english language because mm-hmm. he, he admits in the documentary spoiler alert that he didn't read the contract he he, he trusted on someone else to do it for him. He trust, and you know what? This is very interesting. So I I've been doing a lot of work around decolonizing my own mind uh, in light of all of this. First of all, pandemic business and how that is shifting the ways that we work, but also the Black Lives Matter movement and how we're looking at different ways to just be in the world and be people of color. So. When I think about, I I was just in a conversation about um, one of the ways white supremacy moves in is emphasis on the written word, on the contract, on the document, on the PhD, on the proof that you are or aren't something, on your citizenship, on your whatever. And for many people uh, that of color, your word can be your bond. Mm-hmm. I trust you as a person. I see you as a person that is going to look out for my best interest. And he took that tone with this person who and his lawyer, whoever the fuck his lawyer was, that didn't get enough attention because whoever should have been reading that contract for him did him dirty. Did him so dirty. It's so wrong. Um yeah, that made me so, so incredibly sad. It's true. And then when they're interviewing this guy on the documentary again, spoiler alert, he's pretty much unapologetic. His answer to it was, we paid him per the contract. Not I did yep. him dirty. Not nope. I made him sign his his life, his likeness, his, his name, Mm-mm. everything over to me, Mm-mm. all of the archives, everything. No, he just said, I paid him per his contract. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what? There may be artists who can separate their stage persona from their actual persona, and they can keep those separate, and they can work in both realms and live in those realms. This wasn't a persona. This was him. The, right. This was him. This was just who he was. And he, this person who took advantage of him, saw it as a brand couldn't separate Mm-mm. the individual from and but that's because Walter didn't separate who he was on and off Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so this is really a documentary that you got to see our executive producer what she had to say about it was that she had so much in, in common with Prince and 
you know, to that I say, did you ever see Prince and Walter Mercado in the same room at the same time? <gasps> mm-hmm. Just saying. Dun, dun, dun. And to bring this full circle at the very end of the documentary, maybe not at the very end, but close to the very end, um, they have a piece where Lin-Manuel Miranda meets oh. Walter Mercado. And he's he's just all in his feels about it. About he's like me. a little kid. He's he going to cry. Yeah. He's mm. on the verge of like just ugly cry tears meeting Walter. And maybe we didn't see that. Maybe that was on there and we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome to see because you know that in your heart, if you were to have met with Walter, oh. you would have probably been just as a kid going, but can I have my picture with you? I can't believe I'm meeting you. I can't believe mm-hmm. this is real. Pinch me. You know, what You know what else really struck me as so just gente is that his sisters took such good care of him and his sisters were they were not like oh my god our crazy ass brother don't invite him to the barbecue he's gonna say and wear some weird shit and everybody's gonna no they were his biggest supporters and that to me was just that's familia. That's your gente. That's our people. And it, oh, it was just so heartwarming for me. I, I absolutely loved it. It was a great, great documentary. I hope folks get to watch it on the next fleeks. Yes. And again, do it. if you don't have a login, chances are a cousin, a tia, someone got one. You can, you can check it out. You got to be only one degree of separation <laughs> from a Netflix password. that's how my mom watches it i'm just saying i don't judge (laughs) not at all (laughs) i've shared it a time or three or ten maybe netflix i hope you're not watching or listening to this and if you are forgive me don't not hashtag netflix (laughs) well so we've covered uh, a great deal of stuff today mostly food but also also walter in there so um i'm a sagittarian I need mm. maps, and that's why I constantly give us direction on where it is that we need to go. I love that because I am a Libra and indecisive as all get out. So please, please tell me <laughs> where to go, and I will happily go there. Here, this is where we're going to go next. This has been our uh, Sweet 16 episode of the Bocha podcast. Um, Charlene, tell us where we can go online to see us. You can find us on... Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, very inconsistently. Um, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify, Podbean, and really a lot of other places where you get awesome podcasts. So check us out and don't forget to share, spread the love, uh, tell a friend. We are greatly appreciative. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we'll catch you on the next one. Con mucho, mucho, mucho amor.